Welcome everyone to the Miss Art World podcast. I'm Catherine with my co-host Samuel. What's up T-Pain? Uh, we also have uh, my little sister is joining me in my little frame um, because she just came down to visit. So I'm like, hey, join our podcast because this is a really fun one. One of my favorite artists is our guest today. Kay Ryan Hennessy is here. Thank you. And he's been on our podcast before, literally has had the longest podcast episode that we've ever recorded. Which nobody got to the end of. (laughs) (laughs) But if you did, it's amazing. Um, We'll keep this one um, shorter so that people will actually listen to it. (laughs) Um, But if you would like a three hour podcast episode you can find it on our uh former episodes i think you were like maybe episode eight or nine i think i'm nine and 49 or 48 oh i should have looked i've lost i've lost the count now (laughs) (laughs) me too um, um, I do have to say though, shout outs. Um, it was great to hear David Chester, who, if any of you listened to the previous podcast, I'm obsessed with. He is literally my favorite artist in the world. So there's that answer. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so, and it was delicious to listen to him talk about his artwork and his process and the meaning behind all of it again. Um, but really, I loved. Um, and was so impressed by how well um, Ibuki spoke about her her artwork. Like, I wish every artist could talk about their practice with with such um, clarity and speed, right? I mean, like, she knew exactly what she wanted to say and said it, um, mm-hmm. and, and I love it. I also got to meet her um, uh, right after she finished a bunch of performances at um, the the show there that was in San Pedro aftermath. Ugh, see, it's not about me. I've forgotten the name of it. <laughs> <laughs> Sanctuary of the aftermath. I do have a brain, um, which was curated by Jason Jen and uh, Voicelev Radonovich. Um, and uh, that she was amazing. Then um, I literally caught the last of her interview with them after doing a performance around all of the artwork that was installed. And that show was beautiful. Shout out to, to both of those wonderful and amazing artists um, who are, you can find them at LA Art Documents, by the way. Um, and um, gosh, were we, was there a question I was supposed to answer in there? I don't think so. I think it was weird. (laughs) (laughs) This is why that podcast is three hours. (laughs) You have so much going on lately. Just tell us, tell us it all. Tell us everything that you're doing and all the exciting things that are coming up. All right. I will do a a quick run through um, because there's a lot um but uh and then we'll we'll land on on um the one that's coming up um i am literally finishing out a, a solo show at tag this is my third solo shoot show here um tag is an artist cooperative that's uh, in los angeles it's a 28 year old um artist run um there's no individual owner uh, we're a not-for-profit organization so the organization doesn't uh, like it 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 uh, generates revenue through the the artist membership and through art sales, um, uh, but it, and 
in exchange for that, the artists receive the vast majority of the income from art sales, um, which is really great. So, and we make, we, the 40 artists that are members, um, of which I am chief artist, I'm the president of the organization, um, we, uh, we make all of the decisions. Um, and I play a very heavy, heavy hand um, in that decision-making process. Uh, we had a full revamp over the COVID closure. Um, so we, we uh, refreshed our brand. Uh, we refreshed uh, the, the facilities here. Um, so brand new paint jobs and kind of a redesign of the furniture and the space. Um, and the feedback and uh, response has been amazing. Uh, we went from an average daily attendance pre-COVID of something between like six to eight people um, to an average daily attendance of something between 12 and 25 people during oh, wow. the pandemic. Um, so I'm just gonna pat myself on the back for all of the great work at TAG. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> on the back. <laughs> Um, and uh, also during that time, uh, uh, we kind of restructured the, the um, internal organization. Um, so the artists are taking a greater lead in the ownership. Um, and uh, uh, we, we changed the staffing structure, um, also our hours, um, changed the way we're kind of addressing the public. Um, we're, we've moved away from cafe to in-house um, art review management. Uh, like a whole host of changes um, that are better overall for the business. Um, so, and then behind all of that and, and why I have a stake in that is um, I, I, I'm calling it my MBA in fine art management um, and small business administration, even though it's not a credential program. Uh, and that's because uh, I, I really wanna understand the art market um, I, I've been thinking about having a space and running a, um, running art programs and, and how you do that in a, in a commercial setting, uh, how you make that work. Um, and the art market is actually a really scary place. It's got one of the biggest um, wealth uh, distribution disparities uh, in terms of all industries. Um, but when we talk about it as an industry as a whole, it's almost $1 trillion uh, in annual income for the United States by itself. Um, so I, I'm, I've been doing a lot of research about art market and I'm, I'm planning on writing a book about that, um, wrapping up my research now and I keep speaking that into the universe because I want it to become real. Um, and if I, if I tell all of you that I'm going to do it, I'm actually going to hold myself accountable to it. Whereas if I just tell myself, eh, it might sit on the back burner forever. We'll, um, we'll say, hey, Ryan, where's that book that you're going to write? That is exactly <laughs> what I want. I, I want to be held accountable for, for promise. I mean, there's, there's a good wealth of knowledge. Um, it's come back to me that in the little LA, um, you know, not-for-profit artist-run space uh, universe that that is here in Southern California. Um, I've become known as the guy who understands the market and money, um, and that's that's pretty cool. Uh, <laughs> it's weird for me uh, because I I spent my whole life um, thinking that I didn't want to have anything to do with math or sales. Um, and then my entire career, which included uh, 10 years as a school teacher, um, was really all about selling stuff um, and doing math. <laughs> um, so, so there's that um, wrapping up the show here at TAG, um, which is called Remnants. You can check it out both at taggallery.net 
and on kryanhennessy.com. Um, and I'm at kryanhennessy everywhere. Um, so you can find uh, things about that there. And then the really big, giant, crazy, exciting one is uh, I was just awarded a $5,000 um, performance art grant for the city of West Hollywood um, for the summer. So starting July 17th, I will be resurrecting We Ho Jesus. Um, and I will be Jesus 3.0, which is inspired by uh, the work of Kevin Lee Light, who used to walk around as We Ho Jesus until uh, his death in December of 2017. Uh, he's a really great person. Go ahead and, and look him up online. Um, uh, and so basically he would walk around as Jesus um, with his long hair and his beard, uh, just like me, <laughs> taking advantage. Um, I grew them. I might as well play with them. Uh, and uh, he would basically wear a, a white um, caftan, right? Full length white caftan and was We Ho Jesus. Um, the song Street Jesus by uh, Aerosmith was written about him, um, and he's featured in a number of uh, commercials, television programs, music videos, and a couple of films um, as, uh, you know, himself as Jesus, right? Like he appears on the Street Jesus. Um, uh, uh, and so it's, it's kind of bringing back that idea, but also mixing it with um, my love of drag culture, a little bit of Barbie fun. I'm definitely inspired by Miss Art World um, and the thought processes that go behind it. Well, because it's, um, I, re I really loved it. And I really loved um, listening to you talk about Miss Art World South Dakota, because this is somewhat of the same idea, right? I am the third iteration of a character if we consider the first iteration, right? The, the actual, um, written about figure of Jesus is the first iteration of the character. Um, and so it's kind of, of, of these leaps and interpreting it. Um, and it's I, like, as I'm thinking about all of the art behind it in the process, um, how can I then interpret um, this secular, right, pop art Jesus in more and more ways? Um, and it is very much a secular pop art read of the Jesus figure. There's no, there's no religious connotation with any of the messaging that I'm sharing. Um, I, uh, there's, and there will not be. Um, I'm using religious iconography to, uh, to play with pop art and um, secular contemporary concepts. Um, so uh, I brought up Barbie because one of the big things about Jesus 3.0 is that the different costumes for Jesus will be um, will be different personas of Jesus 3.0. So like you have um, architect Barbie and Malibu Barbie um, and etc. Barbie, uh, I'll have the same with Jesus. So I've uh, I, I think I've landed on its pina colada Jesus. There's still a little bit more to go. But this is going to be the first one. It's the launch of summer. Um, so July 17th, I'm planning. Um, here, they're pineapple prints. I can do backwards videos. Oh, um, yeah. Cool. So pineapple prints. And it's in a rainbow coloration down the whole, uh, the whole caftan here. Um, and I replaced the thing I'm most proud about right now is I've replaced the buttons with rainbow colored pearlescent <laughs> buttons, little details. Um, and then Jesus, of course, has a, a shawl. Um, and 
So I have a pineapple print in this beautiful pink, um, shiny fabric. Uh, and it's kind of like a watermark pineapple print. You'll have to come see because it doesn't come across in the video. Uh, <laughs> but the uh, so and then I think I'm gonna uh, with this one um, go get one of those tall um, you know drink flutes uh, from one of the Hollywood knickknack stores um, and make like a little epoxy Jesus face that's the icon that I'm using which is just a, 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 um, a graphic render of my own face right a cut out graphic posterized graphic render of my face uh, and so do a cutout of that in epoxy resin and put it on it with a little pineapple cap and I might make a little pineapple cap for myself. Um, so that's, yeah, yeah. So the, the pitch to the city was, um, was that every Saturday and Sunday, I will walk around for a minimum of two hours in public spaces in West Hollywood as Jesus 3.0, their rainbow majesty, um, the Hollywood coming. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so it's, uh, there's no real set times, but I'll be posting things to social media and to the website, uh, which is thehollywoodcoming.com and at thehollywoodcoming on Instagram, just the Hollywood coming or just Hollywood coming on Twitter because they have a character count issue. Uh, <laughs> And I don't like when things don't match, boo, Twitter. Um, but otherwise I love Twitter. It's actually my favorite. Uh, <laughs> out of all of them, they're all awful, horrible. We should ditch all of them and then communicate with people in person and use our websites like, like decent, rational human beings instead of pandering to the ad machines that are social media. That's all I'm going to say about that. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so Jesus is is um, Jesus is coming. Jesus is uh, about pop art. Um, a lot of it's going to be fun and playful. So so Pina Colada Jesus is about summer. It's about getting out and having fun. One of the um, one of the things that I pitched to the city is that um, Jesus will be sharing as an ambassador, as a public art ambassador to the city, um, will be sharing seven um, pillars of community. And those are directly tied one-to-one -one correlations to um, the core values of the city of West Hollywood. Um, the, uh, and that's really fun for me, it, being able to interpret what the city has defined as important to itself and its mission, uh, but but doing it with some some politicized and um, some uh, very important issues of the day. So there will be a Black Lives Matter Jesus. Um, uh, one of Jesus's messages, uh, Jesus 3.0's messages, um, is trans awareness. Um, and so Jesus 3.0 will, uh, will identify as they, them, um, and is, an, is actually a non-binary asexual character. Um, but don't let asexual mean um, not sexy. Um, there will be some sexy Jesuses. Uh, Jesus has uh, uh, three basic silhouettes um, that are, um, and two of those are going to be the inspiration for the public art um, um, process. Um, and the first of those is Jesus in a caftan, um, usually with a sash of some kind or a shawl. Um, and actually, I'm going to build the sashes and shawls to be interchangeable, right? It can be a sash, now it can be a shawl. Um, 
the uh, and then the next one is kind of the toga style Jesus, very classic um, Greek Roman uh, Renaissance art um, style uh, of of toga Jesus. Um, so those are two basic silhouettes uh, that we'll be working with, and um, I'm collaborating with uh, with LGBT and West Hollywood and or West Hollywood resident um, costumers. Uh, um, I so I had a fitting this morning with Katie Brightside. She has an episode on the Miss Art World podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and Katie's, uh, Katie is doing um, a couple of, of costumes. Uh, we're working on the, the idea behind the second one, but the first one is um, off of her Mad World design um, and we're calling it Mental Health Awareness Jesus. Um, and so there will be a focus on uh, messaging around mental health um, and mental health resources uh, with that character. Um, it is a, a rather darker, read of Jesus. So there's lots of blacks, some skulls. Um, there's a bit of, of sexiness in the design of it. Um, and it's a kimono inspired uh, look. So it's going to be very, very different in a fashion sense. Um, I'm also working with Chuck Hong, um, who is one of the wonderful staff here at Tag Gallery. So I get to work with him all the time. Um, and Chuck also has a podcast on the Tag <laughs> Um, And so Chuck's going to make me a toga inspired um, at, at my request. Um, I'm very, very uh, interested in this toga look. Um, I'm working largely on the caftan looks, which I'm using. Uh, pre-made caftans and I'm hand embellishing them in, in different ways. Um, I'm literally learning how to sew as we go. Um, the, so mine need to be easier and more like woodblock prints and things like that. Um, I can hand stitch, I can do buttons. What pushed you to do this project? Oh gosh, I mean, it's kind of all a mix of things. Um, having the hair and beard, um, really, I, like people remark on it, um, like all random people in the world, I'll be at the check, checkout register and, you know, the, the clerk will say, um, you look like Jesus. And it's like, well, thank you. And yes, I do look like, like white Jesus, right? I look like the European, like very, you know, I'm, I, I literally have, this is my hair. I washed and blow dried it today. And you know that's it. That's all I did. So it's it's very straight, um, you know, and it, it holds the silhouette well. Um, so and then I was thinking with that, and people calling me Jesus on the street, I started to think more about Kevin Lee Light. Um, I live in West Hollywood, um, which is a requirement for for the grant, um, and for a lot of not all, but a lot of the public art grants for West Hollywood. And um, uh, so I'd seen him um, over, you know, the the uh, near decade that I lived, I've now lived in West Hollywood, um, and he was a, a constant physical art presence um, that was always a joy to see. And in the same way that Angeline is a sighting presence in Los Angeles, um, and and locally to West Hollywood, we have the Pink Lady. Um, Google her, she's rather interesting and she literally lives like two blocks away from me. So I see her at the Starbucks around my corner um, like once a week. 
and and I used to see Kevin Lee Light just as frequently um, because I live in West Hollywood and I used to commute through Hollywood, which was where he would do the majority of, of his walks. Um, and so that was all in the zeitgeist. Uh, and then um, with California reopening, there was the grant opportunity. And I had spoken the, oh, wouldn't it be funny if I did a pop art reading of Jesus is Jesus 3.0, blah, 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 blah. You know, like literally I had, I had laughed about it twice with a couple of friends. And then the public art opportunity opened. And I said to myself, let's do it. There's no reason not to put in for it. Um, and it all fell into place, um, you know, the, the, but I, I, it, it's hard because there's a whole nother mixture in there about pop art um, and about math. Um, so, and I'll, I'll just really quickly throw this out there because we're gonna quickly hit 45 minutes and, and this is a whole different podcast. But uh, <laughs> the, um, so in the art market, uh, art, art that actually sells, um, uh, in, so uh, the number one thing that dominates right now is um, the, the mid-century masters. Uh, and the reason they dominate is because it's a really small market share. There's not enough artwork to go around for the demand. Um, and supply and demand truly do work in art. Um, so, so that's the biggest. Um, the, the smallest is contemporary art. It makes up, it makes up 1% of the entire market share of what's sold. And when you look even more closely at that, right, and you define what contemporary art means, really that 1% is made up of pop art, solely pop art. Um, so pop art is the only, only contemporary art that has a measurable opportunity of, of income generation in the contemporary art sector. So everything else that we are doing everything else, which is all of contemporary abstract expressionism, which is everything that we are making, right? Because contemporary abstract expressionism is basically just defined as anything that's made right now in a non-traditional style, including pop art. Um, so it's what I make, it's what Catherine makes with her nails, it's what, um, it, it's what all of uh, the artists at Tag, like literally you go to the Tab web website, it doesn't matter the different style, the different type of art that they're making, it is all contemporary abstract expressionism. All of it, everything made today is contemporary abstract expressionism. But the only part of it that's sellable today is pop art. If you're making anything else, you're making it for immortality, right? You're, you're making it in the vain hopes that your name will be remembered and your art will be remembered in history because you will never make money off of it. And when you look at the top 10 selling artists in the world, they're all pop artists. And the, the top three, they change living, top three living artists and they change a little bit are uh, Banksy and uh, Hearst and Koontz. Whether you like them or not, those are the top three. And I'm, I, 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 I'll, get off, I'll get off my soapbox um, with, with this statement. <laughs> and it is that um, if you look closely at, at those three and you look closely at the top 10, um, every single one of them uh, has rejected the, uh, the status quo of, of, um, of uh, art hierarchy, uh, meaning that they have not followed the, the, uh, the quote blue chip or private gallery road um, and in fact, have created their own markets. Every single one. Uh, it's, it's all it's all available. 
It's just, just digging. Paid artist, and uh, my list says Kanye West, Elton John. So how do you look it up to? Uh, you 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 have to look up uh, fine art. Um, fine. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and and wrong listing, wrong listing. Yeah, and 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 sometimes, especially like with the the smarter um search engines like Google, for instance, I actually subtract things. So I'll subtract music, um, from the search, right? Um, the, you know, which is the parentheses minus music and parentheses. Um, sorry, I'm a nerd. <laughs> Um, and also, I feel like I literally jumped on this call and was like, boom, here's what I want to say. And yeah. Oh, it's great. <laughs> I literally, most times I will send Samuel like the artist a week ahead of time. Um, and because we scheduled right, right. this kind of later. Um, and so I was like, shoot, I have to send Samuel Ryan's like Instagram and everything. And I was like, <laughs> you know, but it'll be great because Ryan's a great talker so literally we could just like have him going and like I mean there is still and I, I said this in episode nine we think um and and which I've, I've this is how vain I am I know I've listened to it at least three times all the way through all the way, like it's actually like long drives it's one of my favorite things I go back to a bunch of the episodes but I actually like to go back to mine because you forget what you said. Um, mm -hmm. And it's amazing to me how even in, you know, what the year or so that it's been, um, some of my opinions have changed, right? And, and um, which is, is like, where to anyone who speaks <laughs> on a recording? <laughs> no, it's really scary because people will be like, people will ask me things and my opinion has changed. And I know that I've said things before and then yeah. it seems like I'm inconsistent, but I think you do grow and you alter your opinion. But yeah, I agree with you. It's You're supposed to grow and change. Yeah. That's the whole point of living. And I think that's what nowadays we're getting very confused with. People don't have the same thoughts they had yesterday. They're growing and they're changing and you're always trying, hopefully changing for the better. And we can't, you shouldn't really punish people for what they said or believed in the past, especially if they're no longer believed that, which is yeah. it's no, it's, to go and grab your pitchfork and chase people down. It's totally true. Totally, totally true. Um, I want to look up because I want to get her name right. Um, and I don't, I don't want to call her the popsicle lady. And so I'm going to look it up <laughs> and Betsy? Um, yes, thank you. Um, so, so, uh, on the subject of pop art, the entire time I listened to that episode, I was like, this is everything that the research says, right? And if you go back and listen to that episode with the, with the knowledge that pop art is the only salable type of art and you listen to how she got to the popsicles, it's why she's so successful now. Um, and just, you know, another on pop art with that idea, right, is that um, David Jester's the same way. Um, so both of them are creating work that's contemporary abstract expressionism, but the popsicles are pop art by the nature of their design and the materials that they're made out of. Um, the, uh, that's episode 76. For yes, it was recent. Yeah, yeah, very recent. 
Um, and then um, the same with David Jester, who's actually painting in a very traditional oil style, but he's doing it with contemporary subjects, which makes it pop art. Um, there's also some other pop art elements in there, um, his use of the male figure uh, as, a, a, as a sexual object, as, as something for the male gaze to consume, um, is it would fall into that pop art kind of vein, um, but now we're getting a little too intellectual and verging back to contemporary abstract expressionism, right? So see how that line is really fine and thin, um, but when it comes to Jesus, that's kind of where I want to be. I want to, I want the whole piece to be pop art, um, and the performance is only the first aspect of it. Uh, there will be uh, my next year solo show at TAG, um, I'm already planning will include the frocks, um, probably appearances as Jesus in the space. Um, it will also include photographs and I'm, I've already reached out to a, a handful of photographers um, to create pieces of artwork in their vision using these tools as part of the palette. Um, and those will be part of the exhibit. Um, I'd also like a couple of videos um, to go with that. So the exhibit will actually be um, uh, costumes, photos, and uh, video of Jesus 3.0, um, all of which then are salable objects. Um, but Jesus will live as something that can continue on, um, you know, as a performance piece, just like Miss Art World, for instance. Um, and the nice thing about it is it's really just showing up. <laughs> right. I, I, it's not like I have to put on a mantle or, you know, I do have some some very specific messages I want to get across and particularly contemporary political messages, um, messages of, of friendliness and brotherhood and, and those kind of things, um, but very much in a secular context. Um, then are you like not I guess not necessarily because I guess it is preaching are you talking to anyone or no is it just the look it's just the look um yeah. but it will be I mean they're they're uh, part of the pitch um and and part of the performance is passing out um postcards and stickers and those kind of things that are all pop art and related um I'm thinking about also making some posters for the local businesses like Jesus was seen here um, et cetera, et cetera, anybody that wants to play along. Um, the, uh, it's all very self-promotional, which is another wonderful aspect of the, the pop art portion of it. Um, uh, and I will be having conversations with people on the street as they want to interact with me. Um, and it will be with the messaging. Um, and I plan to stay in character when I'm wearing uh, Jesus. But there's, you know, not too much of it. Like the the big things that I'm going to have to be, I, I'm going to need to be a little bit more patient and a little bit more kind as Jesus 3.0 than, than <laughs> Ryan 1.0 is naturally. Um, it just turns out that if you put me in a room with a hundred other people, I'm, uh, you know, the 13th person in line that's going to speak up for discomfort or um, want or need or anything like that, um, which just means I have a, a, a you know, seven or 87 percent uh, disagreeable score um, for those of you that are wondering. <laughs> um, but really, it's just... Um, you know, I, I do a little meditation before a nice relax, but it's it's walking around. It's a 
Um, it, it's fun, it's enjoyable. Um, I expect to have some promotional appearances at venues. Um, there's been some talks uh, with, with one of the uh, bar promoters about going to a couple of places um, for the nightlife um, scene, uh, whether or not they want me to you know, get on a stage or make a speech, I don't think so. I think they just want people to show up, you know, for the Instagram factor. Um, yeah. yeah. Or you can start Which is really what it's about. Wine. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I should, I should figure that one out because I bet I could do like an apparatus in my sleeves where I could like, Oh yeah. Some, yeah. Although, ew, hot body wine. <laughs> Especially during um, the summer, it's <laughs> really gross. Right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a big want behind the toga style Jesus is it's summer and it's hot. So I want sleeveless. <laughs> so you had said earlier that you, with the whole Jesus, that you wanted to stay away from uh, religion or the religious aspect of it. Do you have already ways um, or certain sayings that you say to somebody to who want to bring you into that religious aspect or that area for it? I mean, that's a really good question and probably something I should think about more. Um, but I think it really has to do with uh, what, what I'm wearing um, will be kind of how the message comes across, right? Um, so Black Lives Matter, Jesus, for instance, is gonna be very much focused on the message of Black Lives Matter. Um, and I, I kind of enjoy the context of um, Jesus um, saying Black Lives Matter, right? E even though it's just my Jesus, I, I, I like um, that concept that, that any Jesus would say that because I think it's very necessary. Um, and my plan for that is uh, a black um, uh, caftan and I'm gonna hand print uh, uh, the names uh, starting with the people who've been killed in police actions um, with this year and working backwards until I run out of fabric. Um, so I want it to be a very impactful, um, moving um, and directed, right? And the messaging even on the website when I focus on that topic on social media, all of the messaging will direct right back to Black Lives Matter. Um, so in some cases, like Pineapple Jesus is, is truly um, self-promotional, right? It's just like, I'm fun, it's summer, <laughs> come, come look at my cute pink shit. Um, <laughs> but Black Lives Matter Jesus is actually topical. Right, and so I want people to take away the message or to think about for the first time that, that Black lives do matter. So if I were wearing that and somebody were to pull me into a conversation about religion, I would be engaging with them on the, the, the topic of Black Lives Matter and why that would be important regardless of the secular or the religious context. Um, and why the, why, uh, I mean, if somebody wants to draw me into a religious conversation, I'll have a religious conversation with them. Um, I'm comfortable with the Bible. Uh, I read it one time all the way through. Um, it was difficult, not gonna lie. 
Some of it I didn't understand when I read it, <laughs> but I got there. Um, the I actually I wish I hadn't have read it so young because I feel I missed out on the um, the context of the Psalms, um, which are actually beautiful, right? And when you return to them as an adult, they're they're very beautiful and very sexy, um, which is completely lost on a. 14 year old kid uh, <laughs> but uh you know there's a lot of blood and violence in there before we get to Jesus and then once we get to Jesus um aside from the money lenders right and the politicians Jesus is pretty nice to everybody <laughs> um and that's another big focus of it right is when we look at Jesus as a character when we remove the the Catholic and the Judeo-Christian concept of Jesus from the character, what we actually have is, um, is a rebel, right? We have, we have somebody who kicked against the status quo at every step of the way and ended up crucified for it, okay. right? And I, I think that's a kind of a more powerful um, contemporary statement, uh, right? Then, then because we're, <laughs> We're, we're rugged uh, individualistic hero worshipers in the United States, um, right? So, so that actually is a better story for us. It's a better marketable story for us as a people um, than the savior of humanity. Uh, and, and probably, maybe, I don't know, that could be related to why we've seen a, a loss in religion across um, uh, across the United States and the world, is that the story, um, you, which I think is true in the greater context. And now I'm going to get on a whole nother soapbox about postmodernism <laughs> and deconstruction. And I'm going to avoid it. I'm going to avoid it. I love, it. You have but all we... the thoughts on all the topics. <laughs> and I'm like, I've never even thought about this. <laughs> if we do all agree, right, in postmodernism, which all of us, who were born after 1970 have grown up under. That is the zeitgeist of our universe. We do not have a choice in it. Um, so, but if we all agree that, uh, that everything is equal and nothing has value, if we agree that God is dead and that there's no meaning to existence or life, right? Where does that leave us? Um, and, and, with that, right, with the death of God um, that came out of postmodernism and deconstruction, you know, whether that's a real thing or not, um, it's meant that we've had to reevaluate not just what we are as a species, but what we believe in a secular context and is humanism enough? Um, and I think the argument right now that we're seeing um, across the political sphere. Um, is really an argument that that secular humanism is not enough, um, that that it's not enough to keep uh, capitalism and selfishness from from holding um, power, um, and so how do we mitigate that as a people and a species? Um, but uh, you know, again, soapboxes, postmodernism, I. <laughs> Well, well, let's wrap it up. Um, here's what I'll say. Uh, Jesus 3.0 is going to appear 
Saturdays and Sundays in West Hollywood. You can find um, the exact times and, and locations, well, the variable times and locations, but I'll be around in those spaces um, on uh, at the Hollywood coming or, or at Hollywood coming Instagram and Twitter, or you can go to the website, which is thehollywoodcoming.com. Uh, it just redirects you to my own uh, special page on my own website, which is kryanhennessy.com. And I am at kryanhennessy everywhere. Um, so you can find Jesus at any of those locations um, and more about, about where to uh, find your Jesus sighting. Um, and I will be appearing as Jesus 3.0, uh, their rainbow majesty, the Hollywood coming, we ho Jesus, <laughs> uh, from July 17th through uh, the end of August. Um, so every Saturday and Sunday for a minimum of two hours at some point during the day. Sounds great. I'm yeah. so excited. I'm gonna come find you in yes. this art world and take a selfie. <laughs> yes, I love goal. that. <laughs> <laughs> um, <doing> Jesus. <laughs> I really, I'm, I'm gonna reach out to Plastic Jesus and be like, dude, sometime you're out on the street, I want a picture with you. you like, should. I don't need art. I just want the two Jesuses together. <laughs> he would totally do it. He's super nice too. It sounds amazing. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening to the Miss Art World podcast. Just a reminder, we are on Instagram. If you want to watch us all Zoom together, um, we are on YouTube at the Miss Art World uh, channel. And you can always look us up on missartworld.com for all of our past episodes and links to where to find us on the various listening platforms. So thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you, Ryan, for joining us. Thank you, Emily and Samuel. Bye. Everyone's gonna say bye too. Bye. 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 Great.